0: For the Steakhouse.
1: Go-ho! You're about to experience the fastest two hours in radio history. With
0: Stig Shapiro. I was voted Andy Spring, third place, dad of the year. Sandra Golden. And
1: I walk in there and I'm like, I have a rock, and this is it.
0: Rusty
2: Menzel. That's a mama loves you game. The only people watching that is your mama. And Drew Butler. When I grow up, I want to be Mike Bell. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. It's the Steakhouse. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Go-ho!
0: And welcome to Tuesday morning on the holidays post-Christmas. My name is Steak. It's the Steakhouse. Thank you so much for being with us. Myself and Day Day, I'm flying solo today when it comes to no Sandy, no Rusty, no Drew. But uh, we got a one-two punch ready to rock and roll. I'm just finishing my tweet here. Let everybody know we're working. Steakhouse on the air all week. I guess uh, most folks taking a lot of holiday time. The roads, I won't say it was similar to anybody that drove post-COVID when we had our first shutdown, but it was damn near close this morning, man. I mean, nobody on the roads right now. Like, nobody working today, it feels like day day right? No, not at
1: all. As a matter of fact, we were saying the same thing last night because my wife decided that she wanted to eat out instead of cooking and just driving home last night, no one on the roads.
0: Yeah, uh, great time to be, um, you know, getting from point A to point B in Atlanta. You know, there is almost no time where point A to point B is smooth. I was thinking about this the other day. I was coming back from Miami. I was down there for Hawks and Heat and coming back on a Saturday at 2 p.m., right? Saturday, 2.30 in the afternoon, trying to get from Hartsfield-Jackson into Atlanta. And it's the fourth time on the weekend that I've come back and – the traffic is just a nightmare. And I'm saying to myself, like, what happened to, like, weekends, midday, you could be okay? Or what happened, like, 4 o'clock on a sun? Like, where is everybody? I had that stupid line that folks have sometimes when they're in morning driving traffic, and they go, where are all these people going? Well, they're usually going to work, right? Where are all these people going? They're going to work. I don't know where they're going at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. They're going shopping. They're getting out of town. I don't know. But Atlanta's back to, you know, virtually no time, especially when you're leaving the airport. Are you getting into town smooth, right?
1: Never. I mean, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, weekdays, traffic is backed up already Uh, in Atlanta. Yeah,
0: but now weekend, same thing. There is no smooth point A to point B. Anyways, um, good morning to you. Great to be here. Had a... uh, a nice week off the radio. Did listen to my guys, Rusty and Drew and Zino and Sandy and the whole crew. And um, everybody getting on there. And a lot to talk about, obviously, in the last 11 days since I've been on. Um, we'll do our 9 at 9 coming up in a little bit. How was your holidays day, Dave? What was the highlight of that?
1: Uh, Just seeing the kids uh, happy with everything, man. Yesterday morning, obviously, um, was the big thing. So great holiday uh, day yesterday. Great Christmas day. Glad to be back working. Yeah. Good to see everybody. I took a few days off myself last week. So uh, like you tuned in because, you know, once you're part of something, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, like to hear. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was checking out. Uh, well, I, definitely, I, I especially in a bulking update, Bo's leaving, though, today, right? Yeah, but, Bo's leaving us. He's yeah, dipping out. But he's. On he's us. But he's. He, I'm staring at him. So he's now. He has to talk. I am about here her. currently. Yes. you're yeah, actually there. And,
2: and while you see me sitting here, feel free to to chime in. I yes. was
0: most intrigued at what the dynamic was going to be with Zino and Drew Butler on Monday morning a week ago, because Zino was peppering me with texts, getting all fired up because I said something like, "Mark, you may want to put to bed the whole Arthur Smith is never the problem thing," and then Drew's the other side, and I was like. Oh, this is going to be fun. So, what was that? I heard the out-of-studio um, interaction, tete-ta-tete, if you will, was even more dramatic than what happened on the air.
2: See, let this be a lesson to any up-and-coming radio broadcasters out there. All right? You always want to talk about it first on the air. Yeah. Because I honestly – no, what they did on the air was was radio magic. It was Butler, it was Zeno arguing about the Falcons. They didn't bring the heat they brought in the bullpen. Though. Yeah. You saw the heat in the bullpen.
0: There, there is, I think, as I've gotten older in the business, I hope I'm easy enough to get along with. Um, I, 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 I don't think I hope I'm. I, I know, you know, I enjoy the show, have a great time. Hopefully, day day, you and I can attest we have a lot of fun together. Not a lot of uh, tense moments. However, my number one pet peeve is when I got a co-host that is doing the show. In the what do we what do we call it out there? The bullpen. In the bullpen, and Zinno is the king of it, right? And I'm just like, dude, what are we doing here? Are we going to sit in this bullpen and and literally do an entire show, or you know, another guy, great friend of mine, John Kincaid, used to love to debate you in the bullpen. I mean, he he'd exhaust you. That's the other thing; it's exhausting, especially with guys with big personalities. Like, dude, you're wearing me out. Let's save it for the air, right? 100%. Save it for the air. Everybody comes in hot. If one thing you see me and Sandy do, when we, we realize we're on the on the opposite side of something, we just kill it right there. Like, all right, let's bring it there. So um, that was a tough day for Zinner to be sticking up for Arthur Smith after the loss to Carolina. But he found a way, right? He yeah. found a way to get after it. So uh, how was your holiday, Bo?
2: It was great, man. Very, very low-key. Uh, did very little on Friday or Saturday except, you know, watch football. Uh, didn't get Olivia until yesterday, and she's going to be with you most of this week. So
0: Yeah, you have a fun week?
2: Yesterday we uh, did Santa stuff and open presents and had fun. Friday and Saturday just watched a lot of football, hung out with uh, Tara.
0: Yeah, first time. I wonder how folks feel about it. We'll ask you later on. Three NFL games on Christmas Day. Three NFL games. Now you have the five NBA games. Well, heck, why don't we tell you about it at 9 and 9?
2: time to build the foundation of today's show with the Top 9 at 9. 9, nine. on the Steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9, The
0: Game. Yeah, there were folks that were uh, clamoring, uh, I don't know, sacrilege, uh, not cool, why are you making folks play the NFL on Christmas Day? I was like, um, the NBA has five games on Christmas Day, right? That's part, your professional athlete, your job is to entertain, so maybe for four, five, or six, or eight Christmas, if you have to play, um, on Christmas Day, you know, sometimes it comes with the territory. I I thought NFL on Christmas Day was really cool. There's a ton of sports yesterday. Let's talk about the NFL. Three very interesting games. The early one Chiefs lose to Raiders 20 to 14. Tabacle of a game. Pat Mahomes, fumble return, touchdown, interception return, touchdown. Raiders didn't need any offense. They beat him 20 to 14. Second game, Eagles. 33-25 over the Giants. Tommy DeVito benched. Tyrod Taylor comes in. At one point, that's a two-point game late. Uh, Eagles find a way to win. They don't look great, though. In the final game, Ravens is a six-and-a-half-point dog. Absolutely send a message. 33-19. They whoop the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy, four interceptions. Worst day of his NFL career. Uh, if you bet the underdogs yesterday, you were a perfect 3-and-0. And matter of fact, uh, Giants don't get the win. The other two teams win outright, getting big points, and the Ravens send a message as well.
1: Is Lamar Jackson your clear-cut favorite for MVP? Certainly
0: look like it, man, because Brock Purdy was the frontrunner, and he had a disastrous game. I mean, it cost him. And, and again, the one thing in the NFL, if you think a team is going to look the same week in and week out, remember what the 49ers have done, had some of the best weeks in, in the league, And then you think they're going to blow out the Ravens. It's kind of like Dallas, right? Dallas steps up and whoops the Eagles in the fashion they did. What have they done since then? They lost to Miami. They got whooped by Buffalo, right? Like, just when you think you have figured out somebody in the NFL, you realize the league is built to never really know, which is why Vegas uh, watches, folks. They get in one bandwagon. And they get off it. They get on the next bandwagon. You saw a lot of that over the weekend. NBA, what's worth noting, five games yesterday. Um, Nothing in particular to talk about. I'll talk about Miami a little bit more and uh, what they have going on down in Miami with the Heat. And Jaime Jaquez Jr., the kid from UCLA, goes off. The Heat get one of the better games, 119-113 over the Sixers. Celtics and Lakers is there any doubt the Celtics have the best roster in the NBA? I don't. I don't. Why are you shaking your head,
1: bro? No, no, no. I I love Jason I mean, Tatum. Um, I think
0: I. It's Jalen Brown,
1: Jalen Brown, Porzingis, Porzingis, who had a Drew hell Holiday, of a game.
0: Drew Holiday, yeah. Dude, they're so loaded. Yeah. They just whooped Sacramento, the Clippers, and the Lakers three times in five days. They beat all those teams. Um, and what else? Knicks over the uh, Bucks. But here's the big deal: is the Hawks back in action tonight? At Chicago, I have a lot to say about the Atlanta Hawks and what I've watched over the last couple of weeks. Not an easy time. By the way, Trey Young uh, could be out tonight. DeAndre Hunter is out tonight. Is Jalen Johnson back tonight? We still don't know.
1: No, we still don't know. And unfortunately, DeAndre may be out for a couple of weeks. He's going to have some surgery uh, that's going to have him sidelined for a little bit. So uh, troubling times. Uh, at the wrong time for the Hawks.
0: Yeah, five games under 500, and no end in sight with the Eastern Conference loaded the way it is. Georgia getting ready for their bowl game. What a strange set of circumstances around it with portal. Uh, you know, the portal being open at, at UGA in a manner we have not seen before. Both guys coming in and guys exiting. Florida State announcing that their quarterback is in the portal. So that is what Rodemaker.
1: Rodemaker, yes. He's actually a Georgia kid. Didn't realize that.
0: So Tate Rodemaker is entering the portal. He would not be playing in this one. They'll have their third-string quarterback in the mix for that one. Um, All kinds of stuff surrounding Florida State. Um, They're suing of the ACC. Their kid's not playing in this bowl game. I mean, it is not a sexy way for either team to end their season.
1: No, I mean, all these bowl games are taking some serious hits with the portal right now. And it's it's going to be very interesting in years to come to see how this all plays There's out. There's
0: no way to fix it. I mean, the portal is wild. NIL is wild. It is completely upside down in college football. The only thing that's really solid in college football is when you turn on your TV on Saturdays in the fall and the product you're watching is incredibly compelling. Everything surrounding it is a hot mess. There's no way to police it. And when you get this late in the year, when the portal is open and kids are trying to figure out their future for their second, third, and fourth time in some cases, it is tough to keep up with. We'll have Mike Griffith with us later from Dog Nation. He has a lot to say about the bowl game, Georgia's game, coming up in the Orange Bowl as well. And uh, what can we tell you? What do you need to know 9 at night? It's a quiet week for work. Check out the movies, take a trip to the botanical gardens. If it gets nice. Fine. It's been raining for two friggin' days. I don't know it's going to be warm enough to go play some golf. I mean, it's a strange week here in Atlanta for sure. Uh, what is not strange is the decision that Arthur Blank has to make. He's been owner for 22 years. I would argue that he's on the verge of the toughest decision of his entire ownership regime. The Falcons don't make it easy. Arthur Smith ain't going to make it easy. This future, looking ahead, it ain't easy to figure out. I'll tell you a lot of reasons. So we're here, and we'd love to talk to you. 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Arthur Blank's big decision ahead. Love to hear from the listeners. It's steak on the Steakhouse. Next two hours. I call it the fastest two hours in radio. Hope you do as well. It's Sports Radio
3: 92.9 The Game.
2: At the 24, Pitts and London to the left with Johnu Smith. Here's Heineke looking left, going to lob for the end zone. Pitts, touchdown Atlanta. Taylor Heineke threw it with enough air under it, and K.P. could run, go catch it.
0: 9-24, Sports Radio nine, the game. Steak Shapiro on the Steakhouse. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, 9 o'clock hour is brought to you by our friends at uh, Advanced Hair Restoration, one-day treatment, life-changing results, advancedhair.com. Hopefully you're listening, uh, enjoying your holiday week. If you're listening in Atlanta, we appreciate it. If you're listening on our app, the Odyssey app, heck, we really appreciate that. All over uh, uh, all over the world, you can hear uh, any of the Odyssey stations, but we like you to focus on 92-9 the game. Falcons win. Uh, handily, their best effort of the year on Sunday. Not surprising. And you say, how can that not be surprising? Because that's the way the NFL looks. They went 29-10. to It's what you've been waiting for all year. Took them 16 weeks to get there. A complete performance on both sides of the ball. And um, Taylor Heineke has a good day. Defense plays well. Sacks were coming in droves. The Sharps, when I say the Sharps, that means the folks in Vegas – There was a huge push, huge money in Atlanta as the week went along. By the time we got to kickoff, the Falcons were a three-point favorite. They started the week as a one-point underdog or something along those lines. The Sharps were all over Atlanta. They knew that it was the worst week the franchises had after losing to Carolina and essentially getting eliminated from the playoffs. They knew it was one of those weeks in an NFL city where the team that was kind of left for dead would find a way to step up. That's exactly what happened. And what you got was a snapshot of what we were sold in the offseason. Diverse offensive weapons highlighted by Bijan Robinson, one of the great rookies uh, in the NFL this year. A defense that got after the quarterback and was opportunistic, highlighted by Jesse Bates, who's one of the best free agent signings in the history of this franchise. A play calling from Arthur Smith that seemed smart, and seemed relevant and seemed to be under control and not putting us in harm's way, and just a total team effort and blowing out a team that's had a very good season in the Indianapolis Colts. So now you sit after Tampa Bay gets a win, and they are the talk of the NFC South. It's not the Falcons. It's not the Saints. It's certainly not Bryce Young. So you have Tampa go out and get another W behind Baker Mayfield, and now you're left with a 10% chance. A 10% chance to make the playoffs. Highly unlikely. Tampa's got New Orleans this week, and then they'd have to lose that game and of the Carolina Panthers in the final game of the year. If they lost both of those and the Falcons won out, you'd be division champs. You have put yourself in a horrendous situation. When, when, when Desmond Ritter threw the pick near the goal line two weeks ago, That basically, I think, ended his career with the Atlanta Falcons. It ended your chance to make the playoffs. And it could have ended Arthur Smith coaching tenure. All one play, which was a microcosm of the frustration of Falcon fans. That play is now the one that you have to look at and say, where do we go from here? With their coaching, with our general manager, with the quarterback position, it's all in play right now. And um, it was now a harsh reality. Whether we end day, day eight and nine, whether we end nine and eight, if we win out in our last three, winning at Chicago and New Orleans, there'll be a feeling like, okay, nine and eight was an improvement, but everyone will be sitting there going, why do you lose to Arizona? Why do you lose to, to Tennessee and a rookie quarterback in his first game? Why do you lose to the Carolina Panthers, um, one of the worst teams in the league we've seen? That's what's going to be the conversation. So.
1: Yeah, and the unfortunate part about it, like you said, with Arthur Blank having to make a decision when it comes down to does he make a coaching change? You you're at the end of what was supposed to be the three-year process, right? You're basically going back into a whole nother process if yeah, you, you make
0: Right, exactly right. And you you have to understand. And we'd love to hear from you. 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. If you make a coaching change, you are flipping the building again. You're flipping every coordinator, most of your scouts. You're flipping every assistant coach. You're flipping, uh, you know, virtually everything. On That's if you fire the coach. If you fire the GM as well, there's 50 new positions there, right? Like, you're having to start from scratch, essentially, with a roster that is not a bad roster. You're a middle-of-the-road roster, because you don't have a quarterback, right? Was Bijan Robinson a bad pick at the top of the draft? Of course, it wasn't a bad pick. I think he's fourth for Rookie of the Year or fifth for Rookie of the Year. It's going to be C.J. Stroud, or it's going to be um, the receiver for the Rams, Puka uh, Nakua, that looks like they'll win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Then there's Jamar Gibbs. There's the kid from the Lions. What is it? Joey Laporta, the tight end. And there's uh, B. John. These are the top rookie. On the defensive side of the ball, it's not even close. Jalen Carter going at minus 1,000 in Vegas. He's going to walk away with the defensive rookie of the year. He's had a very impactful season for the Eagles. Certainly adds fuel to the fire. But this is not an easy decision to flip the script again. I can tell you this. I've been doing sports talk radio in Atlanta for almost 30 years, which is scary in and of itself. Damn, I'm old. Ugh. I don't know that the vitriol online, on the radio, on social media, has ever been worse towards a coach and towards Arthur Blank than it was after the Carolina loss. It was a bloodbath for this organization. It was a bloodbath. And, and these are not easy decisions. Just get the coach out of there. Um. Okay, who are you going to hire? All right, you know. Flip the, flip the building again. It's been three years. I think if they end with one of two wins against New Orleans and Chicago, your season ends at 8-9. and nine, It's a better record than the year before. Season was a total disappointment. Season was a failure. But I think Arthur Smith may be able to save his job. And then Arthur will say things like, you can't call the plays anymore because you're not having any impact during the game on the rest of your team. Or you're going to have to convince me you have a plan of quarterback, which they don't right now. It's certainly not going to be Taylor Heineke. Are you going to draft in the middle of the draft and think you're going to find somebody to be your next quarterback? You're going to spend in free agency. I mean, it's just a it's a bad situation for Arthur Blank because he's he was sold a bill of goods. Give me to year three. Let me spend on defense, which finally, by the way, from Katie to uh, uh, obviously. Who did we pick up? Onyemada. Uh, uh,
1: Akuda. Uh, Of course, Bates.
0: Um, no, I'm talking about the big guy. Oh, uh, the, Calais. The, uh, Calais Campbell, dude. I mean, like they, they've all come to life in the last few weeks. But you were told that we were going to be better rushing the passer. We were not. You were told we are going to be a dynamic offense. You haven't hit 30 points all year. So you went in a room with your owner. You told your owner the plan. We're going to go with Desmond Ritter. We're going to draft Bijan. we got Drake London. We have Kyle Pitts. We're going to re Chris Lindstrom. We're going to take Caleb McGarry. We're going to take all this money on defense. Everything you told Arthur Blank was going to happen essentially did not happen. Right? You were not a dynamic offense. You did not get after the quarterback, and you did not turn into a playoff team. However, there are signs that there are pieces here. If you find a quarterback... Tell Arthur Smith maybe that you've lost your play-calling duties because it just doesn't seem to be a good fit right now. Um, I don't know how you go go back and give him the luxury of calling plays anymore. The offense has been a problem all year long. There's no question about that. But it's just not that easy to just flip the script. That's what I want to remind people. You know, it's not like, okay, we're just going to move on to another regime. This stuff is hard, man. This stuff is hard trying to figure that out. So... Uh, four zero four seven two six oh nine two nine. Who do we got? Who do we, we got
1: Daryl and McDonough?
0: Hey Daryl, you're on Sports Radio 929 again. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, buddy. What's going on? Nice hey, to-
0: listen. Yeah.
1: Hypothetically,
3: I hear you, I hear are you talking about flipping the script? What if we could flip the script and we get Eric B. Enemy in, bring Justin Fields in move Pitts from being a tight end make him a slot receiver and get a good blocking tight end i think that will work have a good one okay well kyle
0: pitts is not becoming a slot receiver okay you know it, 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 kyle pitts i don't know what kyle pitts is becoming other than a mediocre tight end that you gave up the world for the highest rate uh tight end right um tyler this a baller Bijan can ball cordero patterson is done he's not gonna be back next year um Got a pretty good offensive line. Drake London's the number one receiver. You don't have a, a number two. Like, you y- didn't score 30 points all year. Arthur Smith's supposed to be an offensive guru. Like, these things aren't easy to unpack. It's just not that easy to unpack. And, I, and I'm and i not—listen, I'd love to come on here and be sports talk radio guy. Be, yes! You have to do this! I don't know what you have to do. What, are you going to start interviewing Bill Belichick to be coaching here you're going to get the next great hot coordinator around the NFL. You're going to go to the college ranks and try to convince somebody. Like, it's just not an easy decision. But but there is going to be repercussions for telling your owner things were going to happen, and none of them happened. There's going to be repercussions. Does the media don't have a job? I don't know, man. You know, rich people have rich people problems. This is a problem for Arthur Blank. That's a rich person problem. What are you doing with this franchise? we come back. Why the Orange Bowl is one of the most interesting storylines I've ever seen in a bowl game, most bizarre, for all the wrong reasons. Mike Griffith joins us. We'll talk Georgia, Florida State. Lots more calls, 404-726-0929. My name's Steak. This is the Steakhouse on 92.9. Sports Radio, two nine. the game, 9.43, Steaks, Shapiro, on the Steakhouse. Thanks so much for being with us. Mike Griffith, Dog Nation, coming up, 9 o'clock hour, is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration, one-day treatment, life-changing results, advancedhair.com. Get to the calls in a second also. Um, Nightmare at Hartsfield-Jackson International this morning, uh, reading some tweets and hearing folks. Uh, Atlanta Airport told folks it's going to be an hour and a half to check a bag. An hour and a half. Security line outside the domestic uh, baggage claim is crazy. 80 people deep at curbside lower level for folks trying to check bags. It is a a wild situation at the airport. Be grateful you're in your car, you're in your home, you're chilling out wherever you are. And uh, if you're headed to Hartfield, Jackson, get ready. Uh, Put on your big boy pants and uh, whatever it is because um, it it is (laughs) – Take a deep breath. Get some namaste going. Understand it is not going to be an easy travel day. So, uh, know that that is happening as well. We'll talk some dogs in Florida State. Coming up with Mike Griffith. I haven't had a chance to talk to him for a little bit. But uh, a quick phone call. Reese in East Atlanta. You're on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Reese, thanks for calling.
3: Hey, how you doing, man? Hanging in there, buddy. Happy holidays. Thank you. Um, Yeah, man. It's been a bad year for a Georgia fan, Atlanta fan, just you know, we've been more patient than a Cleveland Browns fan seems like. Right? But um just wanna kinda hit on the point where I kinda think, man, it's kinda the personnel that we have with the Falcons, man. Like it's hard to watch other teams around the league. Don't get me started with the Eagles and their personnel, what they can do. It's just like the guys we bring in out of this dra- out of these draft classes, I mean, for God's sakes, we could have had CeeDee Lamb. We picked AJ Terrell. For crying out loud, he wasn't even the best cornerback in that. He was like eight cornerbacks that were better in that draft. Well, listen, we, got, we, got pro- we got we got bigger
0: we got bigger problems. Than AJ Terrell. I mean that that draft pick ends up being a really good pick, I think. Uh, listen, you blew it on Kyle Pitts. There's no question you blew it on Kyle Pitts, highest ranked uh, tight end ever drafted. He's 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 not a factor. Um, you know, Bijan over uh, Jalen. You know, Jalen's probably would have been the right pick. Um, certainly, your offense wasn't dynamic enough to justify. Bijan was supposed to make you a thirty-point-a-game deal, right? You supposed to have Bijan and Tyler and Cordero and uh, Kyle and Drake and 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 Desmond, and none of it worked. You know, Bijan had a re- really good year. He's a solid rookie. Jameer Gibbs was just as good. You know, um, CJ will win Rookie of the Year as uh, offensive side of the ball, and, and Bijan will be. A star, we'll see what that means, though. You, you know, running back obviously didn't affect you enough. I don't know what you would have. Listen, it, without Bijan. you may have lost another game or two. So I like, don't sit here and talk about all the games you could have won. You could have lost some games, you know, if you didn't have B. Robinson as, as a factor. So this is just not an easy decision. That's my point. Like, there is no, you don't, you don't just sit here, fire everybody. Like, that's not, I, I don't know how you're going to play this out. I know that you need to show that the roster improvements, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and the way you're starting to get after the quarterback, you have to see that against Justin Fields. You have to see that against Derek Carr and the Saints. And I think that this coaching staff is fighting for their lives. That's what I believe. I believe this coaching staff is fighting for their lives or somebody else is going to look at this roster and try to figure out what you have. And I don't know what you have other than a mediocre roster. You're like a lot of the NFL. He ain't bad. He ain't great. That's why your record is exactly where it belongs. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a real playoff team, we don't have a quarterback, that's why we're sitting where we are. Desmond Ritter, some of the most horrific turnovers, a kid that obviously is more talented than Taylor Heineke, but you cannot trust him, and I don't think he'll be under center ever again unless he'll be the backup here for whoever the starter is, right? For whoever that starter is, maybe Desmond Ritter's in uniform and we're back at flowery branch you know, next uh, July, and and he's there as a full-fledged backup NFL quarterback that was taken in the third round who doesn't get paid a lot of money, right? I mean, uh, otherwise, the throwing Carolina was the end of the Desmond Ritter era. Speaking of the end of an era, I don't know what to make of what the Florida State era is going to be. Certainly, uh, uh, we'll talk to Mike Griffith now from Dog Nation, great buddy of ours, uh, fabulous to read, great access already in Florida with the dogs. Happy holidays, sir. Good to talk to you. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, happy holidays. So this is a weird game, man. You've covered a lot of bowl games. The portal, the FSU dissatisfaction, the lawsuit pending. I mean, I don't know that anything going on on the football field is nearly as compelling as everything that's been going on off the field for Florida State and Georgia.
3: Well, I'll tell you, the only thing I could compare it to was when Georgia had to play a really good Cincinnati team led by Desmond Ritter that was undefeated going into that game. I think they had uh, Jerome Ford at running back, and Georgia had some guys that were out uh, injured and with COVID and uh, top 10 streak on the line. They had to come from 10 points down uh, in the fourth quarter, more than 10 down, uh, to beat that Desmond Ritter team. I I think that uh, Aziz Ajilari might have sacked Ritter three times in that game, and um, in that Mercedes-Benz Stadium, who could have known, uh, stake what would be ahead for Desmond Ritter and Georgia at that point? Uh, as for this game, yeah, I mean it's, you know, it's a chance for Georgia to finish this year, uh, you know, strong and with another. This would be the seventh straight bowl win, the seventh straight top-10 finish, uh, the winningest senior class, uh, a, you know, another win over a top-five program, and you know, look, Georgia's got guys with decisions to make too. And, uh, you know, Florida State's, you know, got to handle their business. I mean, if their program's falling apart, that's their problem. That can't be Georgia's problem. Georgia's program, guys play for each other. Uh, Guys, you know, are are bought in. And, uh, you know, obviously it just means more in the SEC. All right, so
0: we got a ton to get to, so we're going to move fast. First off, just basics. Who's playing quarterback for Florida State in this game?
3: I I don't know. I mean, I guess some third-string freshman guy. I mean, I guess I heard their backup – Opted out yesterday, and he went in the portal. So, uh, yeah,
0: Rodemaker's out, so they're down to their, their, their third string. And um, numerous guys that have opted out for Florida State in terms of playing in this game are moving on, correct?
3: Yeah, you know, the last time Georgia had to go with a third-string quarterback, it worked out pretty good stake. So, you know, it's not like those other guys can't play football. Yeah, well, rel- relatively speaking, I, I, yeah. I mean, uh, maybe they'll have their version of Stetson Bennett out there.
0: Where where are we thinnest, Georgia, in terms of position for this game? I, obviously, we're going to have our quarterback uh, playing, which is great. Um, uh, getting a little soft at the corner position, obviously, with some portal guys yeah. and and whatnot. So, where 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 are we not going to recognize some guys at what position?
3: Oh, I think Georgia will be pretty well repped, honestly. You know, you know, I'm not sure about a Marius Mims at right tackle you, but, but again, they played without a at times. I mean, George's Kirby's work to develop depth. Right. And you're, you know, the corners that these are guys that didn't really play a lot. I mean, this is, this is free agency state. This is cutting guys that, you know, outside of Jamon Dumas Johnson, who was injured and two young guys stepped into his shoes and performed well enough that, you know, that's not a program deal maker. I mean, you know, George's just cutting a lot of sc- making scholarships available. I mean, it, Kirby said it, and I couldn't believe, it. I about fell out of my chair, but he said this is, I think he said the portal's a good thing. And I said, wait a minute, I'd never heard that. But but then when you consider these guys that weren't going to play, uh, they have an opportunity to go somewhere else and play. That You know, Georgia's you know, second, third string guys go somewhere else, and Georgia brings in other guys, you know, like uh, Trevor Etienne, I mean, this dynamic tailback or like this uh, receiver from Miami. I mean, impact players. Free agency is really changing college football right before our eyes take.
0: Yeah, Colby Young, the kid from Miami. Trevor Etienne, obviously the best back on Florida and now becomes a number one tight back for Georgia. And is it London Humphreys out of Vanderbilt, a kid that obviously has great potential to be in our offense and uh, remind folks, uh, I don't know, of some of the possession receivers we've had in the past that have had an impact. It certainly looks like when you look at the portal, we're winning the portal. We won recruiting. So you can talk about losing Dylan Rayola and you can talk about losing some guys like Jamon uh, Dumas-Johnson, but the reality is the players you're getting back make us an even stronger roster for next year.
3: I, I think so. And, and and I don't know that you ever really had Rayola. I mean, you know, it was interesting and fun to have a committed guy, but commitment doesn't mean anything. Commitment is just part of the negotiation. And it was a good place for Dylan to set up shop, got some really good experience playing there at Buford. Unfortunately, wasn't able to win a championship. Um, You know, with all that talent, you know, you just kind of wonder there at Buford. Uh, But the fact he didn't, you know, but but he's going to Nebraska, you know, where he's got a namesake. And, you know, Georgia fans were able to move on because earlier that day it was much, much, much more important that Carson Beck said he was coming back for his senior year. I mean, that is so much more important than a guy that wasn't going to play in in two or three years minimum. Um, And that's why I said free agency is changing the game. And, you know, you think about it, paying recruits money is really a bad gamble versus the free agent. Because the free agent's already played somewhere else. He usually has his man strength. You're not just watching him grow at the training table for a year. Freshmen come in and even if they grow, they're gonna renegotiate with you. They might go something. Barry Alexander, great example. Here's a guy that was primed. You know, who knows? Maybe if Barry Alexander stays at Georgia, they don't lose to Alabama. Maybe maybe he makes plays on Milro and Bama can't run the ball. Or maybe if Georgia locks down Tresman Marshall, who transfers to Alabama, uh, maybe they don't lose to Bamba because then they don't have a freshman. Get be- Free agency changing the game right before our eyes. And I agree. Kirby's been more aggressive. And this has been a really good offseason for the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no – there's no. You, you have to look at it like, did our roster get stronger? You have to look at it like, did we add proven pieces? And the answer to that is yes on both. You've added proven pieces. I talk to college basketball coaches now who say literally recruiting is not even a big concern. They're looking at the entire landscape of college basketball. They want to add three guys that have actually made it, put up numbers, whatever league it is, and that's how you build your team. You don't build it around freshmen. I think the combination of both, obviously, is how you win national titles and uh, elite programs in both sport. You're going to see a combination of great portal acquisitions and still the top recruiting classes, and that's what Georgia has going for
3: them. and, And stake retention. I go back to 2020 Alabama. And all those seniors, Mac Jones and Najee Harris and Devontae Smith, and the fact that those guys all stayed for their senior year. And I don't think NIL would, Maybe NIL would, Maybe they got paid. I don't know if NIL was there or not. They came back for one reason or another, though, for sure. And, you know, the ability for Georgia when Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt stayed for the 2021 season. And now as I look at Georgia, and and I don't think and I don't know, but Brock Bowers has not announced anything yet, and neither has Ladd McConkie. And, and part of me just wonders if there could be a lure or enough money uh, because what's good for you in the next three years, you know, may not be what's good for you after the age of 30. I mean, these are guys that are going to be immortalized College Football Hall of Famers. Could they win a third championship in college football if they came back? I don't know.
0: Well, if, if Brock Bowers comes back to Georgia, I'll buy you dinner at Chops and you can bring anybody you want because I don't think that's happening. But you're right. He has not announced it yet as well. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Uh, Georgia, 15-and-a-half point favorite in the Orange Bowl, looking less and less compelling uh, as we speak. But we'll see what happens, Mikey.
3: All right, Stake. Happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays to you as well. The uh, tailgate is brought to you by all four seasons, Garage and Entry Doors. More Falcon conversation, the toughest decision in Arthur Blank's career as owner or role as owner, I think, is coming up. Also... uh, You want to talk dogs? We can do that as well. Certainly not a compelling game now when you see the Florida State scenario. When we come back, um, holidays. What's it been like for you? Quiet, quiet day in the ATL. We'll find out uh, why all of a sudden there's a new trend. The day-day, my father-in-law, all these people are calling me last night, asking me a question. What's the question they're asking, and why was it more this year than any Christmas ever? What am I talking about? Give me six minutes, I'll tell you. Sports Radio 92.9 a game.